Welcome to Travel Tips Tuesday with John Rogers. On today's show, you'll learn up-to-date, creative, and personal tips that will help you make your travel dreams a reality. Enjoy today's episode. Here's John. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Travel Tips Tuesday. You all are in for a treat for this episode as we have a conversation with Mrs. Nikita Kalam-Harris, who is the voice of young Nala on Disney's original animated classic, The Lion King. That's right. She acted opposite Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who is the voice of young Simba in The Lion King, and was in studio with him for a bit of time as they recorded the audio for that film. She talks a little bit about her experience working on the film. She also talks how she got there, uh, a little bit more about her career. She also talks about some of her earliest Disney memories. And I think some of us out there, especially those of you that listen to Travel Tips Tuesday regularly, may have had similar memories that uh, what she has shared with us. Uh, She'll also dig in a little bit about um, kind of who she admires um, and her experience um, in, in acting um, and a bit more about what she's up to today. And she's up to a really cool uh, project, and I love the idea of uh, the project that she's working on now, the sort of idea of talking about a dream documentary, looking at people um, that have uh, accomplished so much after going through so much, and you know, looking at kind of this transition of you know, childlike dreams and sort of what happens as you go from that sort of beginning uh, mindset of, of dreaming as a child all the way up to you know, these dreams being realized as, after you've entered uh, real life. And I'm not going to say too much more about that. I'll let her explain that in her own words here uh, in just a little bit. And yes, she does offer some travel advice there towards the end, but I promise you, you will want to hang on for the whole show. You'll absolutely love it. And this will be one that you will want to share uh, with others. So thank you again so much to Nikita for coming along, along with us. And thank you to uh, again to my friend Aurora, who does our intro and outro for this podcast. And let's get into it, shall we? Tonight, this is Travel Tips Tuesday, and it is November the 3rd, 2020. And our question of the day is, what is your favorite classic pre-Pixar Disney animated film? By pre-Pixar, I'm referring to most of the films that have been made prior to the release of Toy Story that was released in 1995. So any of the films released uh, basically preceding Toy Story in 1995 would pretty much count for the most part. Um, so let me know your favorite film. We'd love to hear from you. Please drop your uh, your name in the comments if you're in there. Say, hey, uh, let me know what your favorite film is. Um and we would love to talk more about that tonight. So uh, again, we're going to have a very special conversation tonight um, with our special guest that will have some very special insight into the uh, modern classic era of uh, Disney animated films. Um, she herself was the voice of young Nala in Disney's original animated classic, The Lion King. But before we start talking with her, I want to go ahead and give one very quick travel plug tonight and that is about my 20 more in 2020 campaign so i believe that there are a lot of people out there that uh, still want to travel want to create some amazing memories maybe in 2020 uh, possibly beyond 2021 or 22 or you know sometime in the future a thing that maybe they're dreaming about something special they want to celebrate uh, some sort of special something that they're working towards so uh, i am uh, challenging folks that if they know somebody that does want to go ahead and book a trip um, or to at least think about planning one to contact me um, and we've already started with this but if if we have 20 more trips uh, with deposits on the books by the end of December meaning 20 more trips that have been booked in 2020 I'm going to do a drawing for a gift card on January 1st that uh, those folks that have booked those trips will have a chance to win um, 
towards their travel experience or maybe a true future travel experience if they've already traveled. Um, and again, that's a $50 gift card. It's not necessarily going to be a Disney card. It could be a Disney card if they're going to a Disney destination or something else uh, maybe that they're looking forward to doing. So uh, we have to have 20 trips booked, though. We've already got one. Um, and I believe we've you know got several days left to do that. So if you're thinking about gifting travel for the holidays or uh, planning something in the future, you know it takes a very minimal deposit to secure a lot of those experiences. And if you're worried about getting the best deal, uh, a lot of cruise lines um, have uh, price protections that are out there, and um, a lot of other destinations will have some uh, special deals as well, promotions that will pop up like Disney, and I can apply those most of the time after the fact if they are applicable. So. There's my little spiel on that. So just very quick introduction for our guest and then I will bring her on here shortly. I'm gonna refresh the page to make sure I'm seeing all the comments. Again, if you if you can hear me, if you are listening tonight, please um, shout out in the comments and let me know you're here. We'll love to say, hey. So our special guest, Nikita Kalam Harris is a Los Angeles native and she's an actress most noticed, most noted as the voice of young Nala in Disney's original animated classic, The Lion King. She received her master's of fine arts degree from the, the actor studio drama school in New York and her bachelor of arts degree from UC Santa Cruz. Her TV film credits have placed her on HBO, Lifetime, NBC, CBS, to name a few. Uh, and more. She also has some independent projects that she's been working on that we may get into and talk about a little bit. Currently beside um, in front of the camera, she is working as a private acting uh, career coach. She co-founded uh, 412 Studios, which is an impact documentary company, which is really cool. I love this idea. and It sounds really awesome. I got to talk to her a little bit about this last week, and I think you'll really enjoy hearing about it. Her advocacy is a project, uh, is as a project ambassador with the American Diabetes Association, and she lives with uh, type 1 diabetes, as she has for 20 plus years. Um, you may follow her, as you'll see in the description tonight, um, at Nikita Kalam on Instagram for more information. So I'm going to go ahead and bring her on. She is waiting in the wings right now. So give me just a second as we bring her on to Zoom here. Hopefully the bugs have been work out, worked out and um, we will be good to go. Here we go. Awesome. Hello. Okay. Hello. So can you hear Thank me? You. Hello. Yeah, you can actually hear me now. This is great. So I love it when technology decides to cooperate. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> thank you for being so patient. Uh, you're one of the most gracious people I've ever had the chance to uh, to talk with. So, um, so just just start off. I sort of did your um, bio there real quick, just sort of where you've been. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe where you are, who you are, and uh, what you're up to these days. Okay. Um, so, hi everybody. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Nikita Kalam Harris. I am an actress uh, first. And I am an acting coach, a career coach, a second, and I also dabble in photography and um, kind of everything in entertainment. So um, like you mentioned before, co-founder of 412 Studios, which is a documentary house. So that's like my behind the scenes work. Um, I've also been living with type one diabetes um, for 20 plus years. And so I do advocacy work with the American Diabetes Association. So that's my philanthropy uh, work as well. Awesome. And I'm from Los Angeles, California. My mom was from LA. So I'm a, I'm a true native. Um, got some generations here in LA. <laughs> awesome. That's really cool. I've, I've had the chance to go to LA uh, a couple of times and over to Orange County a bit. And it's a 
wonderful area um, and enjoy visiting there. So again, I appreciate you being here. I know you've got a lot of different things going on right now um, and uh, a lot of different projects and some things personally going on in your world. Um, and I would love to start off tonight, maybe just digging into your Disney story. Um, the first question that I like to ask guests when uh, we have them on, uh, as we've talked to, you know, other Disney cast members from other uh, parts of the Disney verse and uh, other Disney podcasters. I'll, I'll always ask this question to start off. What is your early Disney memory, earliest Disney memory? And, you know, that could be anything from, you know, a movie, a TV show, a piece of mer merchandise, a visit to a theme park, um, anything related to, you know, the Disney verse as we know it. I think my earliest Disney verse um was Disney, <laughs> Disneyland. And it, my memory is kind of from pictures because I was really mm -hmm. young. Um, sure. I was about maybe like six or something. And there's this picture with me and my mother and my grandmother. Um, so three generations with our, with our Mickey ears. Oh, yeah. I think it was in Tomorrowland, the picture is, because um, Space Mountain is my favorite. Um, and it was my mom's favorite. So I think, um, early trip to Disneyland with my mom and my grandmother. That's awesome. Really cool. I love those spe early special memories. Um, I've shared a few uh, myself of some that I have with my parents in bright neon uh, <laughs> blue and, and green um, like jams with massive sunglasses standing in front of one of the hotels at Disney World. Uh, <laughs> it's, an, it's an awful memory, but uh, we had a fun time, I think. Um, so, so why these days would you say um, Disney is significant to you, if it is? Well, now it's significant to me because I'm part of the Disney family. Um, right. So it's taken on uh, a different special specialness in my, in our family. Um, getting to work at Buena Vista Studios mm -hmm. and getting to work in the, see the animated um the animated building, animation building and going inside and, mm -hmm. and recording. Um, and just knowing that that's something I'll pass down to my kids and my kids' kids um, is kind of special to me in the like the line of the, the Disney classics. It's so cool. So, um, and, and we, I think we discussed this a little bit in, um, in our conversation last week, but um, and, and, a, and a Facebook friend actually brought this up, uh, a mutual person that I'm connected with, with our friend Aurora Gregory, who, uh, who mm -hmm. connected with us so graciously. And uh, she, she knows and brought up the fact that um, as, as the voice of young Nala on um, the original Lion King film, um, you were one of the first younger uh, people of color to have a featured role uh, in a, in a, really any animated feature film um, like that. And especially in The Lion King, where a large portion of the cast were people of color as well. And uh, I, I love that part of, of Disney history. Um, and I think it's great. But, um, I, you know, I, I didn't know if you had any, you know, feelings about that, about your experience, maybe uh, working on the film itself, um, you know, in light of that, or maybe with just, you know, such incredible people um, that, uh, that you wanted to share. Well, it's so funny because um, when you mentioned that last week, I hadn't even realized that. Um, so it was like a big whoa moment for me 
Um, mm. as I got off the phone with you and like telling my husband and my mom's no longer with me, but that would have been the mm. first person who I would have picked up the phone and said, guess what? Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. And then I, 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 um, sent a Facebook message to the director of the Lion King, mm. um, cause we're still in contact because of, you know, social media and it's kind of easy. Yeah, to yeah. contact. And I said, I was like, is this true? And he was like, wow, I never thought about it. It is true. It's <laughs> awesome. And the director was like, well, I'm glad it was you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. Well, that's really cool. I'm glad you, I'm glad you continue to have that connection today. And I know when uh, I've spent a little time in live production, never done a, a lot of studio work of, of like you have, but I know when uh, you do that, you kind of become like family with a lot of those people as you spend so mm -hmm. much time um, with each other in the studio doing, you know, pre uh, pre and post and everything in between. So yeah. Uh, I don't that's know if awesome. it's faster nowadays, but back then, like I auditioned in 92 and then it came out in 94. Mm -hmm. So right. it was a, it was a long process. And then, you know, how Disney put stuff in a vault and then like 10 right. years. Right. Out. So after that, like 10 year hiatus, it was interesting coming back with everybody being grown now. Cause I was right. like, when I recorded it and now right. I'm coming back with like a fiance and people are coming <laughs> back with their kids. And oh stuff. yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a circle of life, I guess. Yeah. Hey, there we go. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm just curious how, how your story um, led to, and we're going to, we're going to talk about some other things here in a second. And I, I doubt we'll get to everything on the list. Mm -hmm. um, but since we're already kind of on it right now, um, could you tell us a little bit about how um, you secured your role in the film? Okay. So I was a, what you call a child actor. Um, so I had an agent, um, mm -hmm. I was in performing arts school. I had a, just a normal call for an audition for a film. It was called the King of the Jungle at the time. Um, and I went in, I record, they recorded my voice. And um, then I got a callback a year later <laughs> and then wow. it was called the Lion King. So I didn't even mm -hmm. recognize the callback because it, the total name had changed. Right. Right. Um, when I went in, it was me and one other girl there. So I was like, okay, this is like a serious callback because it seems like they've windled it down to like sure. two or three people um, and record it again. And then we had to sing as well. Um, and then a, maybe a few a few weeks after that, I, I, land, I knew that I booked it. Um, and I didn't know what it was. I, I thought maybe it was like, you know, a video like Rescuers Down Under, like straight to... Right. Yeah. Disney Channel or straight to video. So it wasn't really until the premiere that I realized the magnitude of what I was involved with. That's a really cool story. Um, it, it's funny how, you know, life's connections work out like that. And um, really glad you're able to have that experience. So I'm, I'm going to ask, uh, ask this question that you may have gotten before and, um, some people asked me this, was this this person that said this particular line that, that you're going to be talking with? And I said, yes, but do you have a favorite line from the film that you remember? Um, I know it's been a few I years, but I just thought most, I'd ask. <laughs> I think the most popular line is, um, Pinji again. That's usually what people ask me to say, or, right. um, or the water hole. What's so great about the water hole? Like those two lines right. um, are the most asked lines for people to say, can you say this? Um, and my 
believe it or not, my voice hasn't changed that much, but I, I have a little more bass now <laughs> voice from when I was a kid, but I still have a pretty high voice. Awesome. Well, thank you for, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, those are, those are wonderful moments in the films and uh, my kids love watching it. Um, and uh, fun, funny story. So when my wife and I were, and I don't think I've ever shared this uh, on travel tips Tuesday before, but when my wife and I were, uh, were dating and I was working live production this particular summer, um, this is prior to my time as a cast member at Disney and hers. Um, but we had little things cause you know, we're, young and you know kind of you know in love and doing cheesy things and stuff like this so we had little things that we'd pass back and forth to each other well when she became a cast member at disney world um she had a little stuffed young simba that she kept and she gave me her uh her stuffed young nala that that, that i kept um and i still have it one of these days if it hasn't already been claimed by one of my kids um but Anyway, but Lion King, it continues to be one of my favorite films just for the music, for the story, uh, yeah. for a lot of the, the symbolism that's there, um, the, the caliber of, uh, of, of songwriting, of script writing, and just everything about it, I absolutely loved. Um, yeah. It was the so, first time a parent had died since like Bambi too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's a very good point. I hadn't thought about that. Heavy. Yep. hadn't thought about yeah. that. There's, there's something incredible, just sort of, you know, that idea of, of, of parent sacrifice um do you have uh do you have so just kind of thinking about symbolism and maybe even uh, memories itself do you have any uh fun memories of working on the film or maybe somebody uh, in particular that you really liked working with well interesting enough um you don't work with too many people on voiceover um it's a little different than maybe like tv animation because right. I've, I've seen interviews with like the simpsons cast and they're like all they say they're all together in a room, almost like right. a play. Um, but I was only in the room with um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who did the voice for Simba. Right. And um, you go in, you have, you're like in your little booth. We were in a booth together, um, kind of facing each other. The directors would come in, kind of tell us what the scene was about, um, kind of tell us the mood they were going for. And then we take mm-hmm. each line and do it three different ways. Um, and, and then we would move on and we did that through like, that's how we did the whole film. Um, and I don't know if that was just the antidote for kids. Um, I don't know if the adults work that way, but that's how we right. work. Um, but there was a part in the elephant graveyard where they're kind of going down this bony dinosaur or something. Mm-hmm. And I had to scream and I, in the moment, I totally forgot how to scream. So I cringe every time I see that elephant graveyard part because like just normally like if you're on a roller coaster or something, mm-hmm. you tend to go high, like oh yeah. Ah! Like, yeah. <laughs> but I forgot how to scream. So I go, ah. And so every time I see that um graveyard scene and I hear her go, ah, I, I cringe, <laughs> like, oh, uh. And it wasn't until I got to the car that I remembered how to scream. <laughs> Well, there you go. I, I know sometimes maybe when you're in the moment and things like that will happen, but that's, that's kind of neat. I will look at that scene differently now and, and, uh, yes. and think of that, but if that's you, fun. If you scroll to elephant graveyard and they're going down the thing, she's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> <It's fun>. horrible. <laughs> that's fun. 
So thank you for uh, for sharing some uh, some thoughts and, and memories, and little tidbits about your experience on on the film. Um, but I'd like to transition uh, maybe to some other uh, conversations um, okay. now. But just as far as people that that you look up to, uh, folks that you admire, maybe whose voiceover work has inspired you um, to you know continue on with the career field that you've chosen. Well, one performance that stands out to me, especially in Disney, is um, Robin Williams as mm. the um, genie in Aladdin. Oh, yes. Just the amount of energy that he has, um, the variety that he has. Certainly. I'm sure there was loads of um, improv <laughs> in, in that booth, in that movie. Um, uh, just the highs and the lows and going from seriousness to funniness. I thought he was just brilliant in that. And that's one of like the standout performances in all the Disney films that I've seen that kind of just stick with me. Um, acting wise, I like Meryl Streep and I like um, uh, a, a few other people, mostly mostly whose careers they've gotten to do a diverse range of um, mm -hmm. of characters. That's usually what I tend to like admire. Those are awesome people to to remember and to follow, and, and I really like the example you brought up of uh, Robin Williams as the genie. Um, I think for me, aside from aside from The Lion King, Aladdin was one of my favorite films, and and I remember this distinctly where I was. Like I had almost every single word, every single song <laughs> from Aladdin memorized, and I would, as any kid does, just sing things at the top of their lungs um, without any care of the world. And my mom goes. You know, with all these different things and the different voices that he does in that film, and you do it pretty well, you should be a, in voiceover someday. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's for me. <laughs> I actually took a voiceover class one time and failed miserably. So uh, I kind of knew that that Aww. that. But anyway, um, I, I I still toy around with the idea from time to time. But it's it's uh, it's anyway that 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 film was super impactful. Um, yeah. So. You know, kind of I want to shift the conversation towards um, travel and sort of talking about um, Disney destinations a little bit um, in Walt Disney Park. So being, you know, that you're a Los Angeles native, you are a stone's throw from um, the heart of the Walt Disney Company, uh, from the Disneyland Resort that's unfortunately still closed in Anaheim um, and, you know, Imagineering and a lot of the other sort of parts of uh, of the walt disney company that exist in different places uh, in your area of the country um but specifically if you could have one job at walt disney parks um or you know maybe another disney destination so you could throw the cruise lines in there want to if you wanted to or some of the others that are out there but if you could have one job um at walt disney parks um or another destination what would it be and why well, I actually have a lot of friends who were in their full-on productions at Disneyland. Mm -hmm. So I'd probably stick, stay in my lane and be um, like a cast member in one of their full-on production shows. Um, I have a friend that was in Frozen and I had a friend who was in um, when they had Aladdin at the, what is it, the Hyperion or something like right. that. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Yeah, so probably, I would probably audition for one of those. Um, I had a few friends who did, uh, they did the Lion King actually um, and on uh, outside stage, I think, but that was actually the most um, African-Americans in one piece that they had done at Disneyland. 
Um, wow, so that was awesome. pretty impactful. Yeah. Um, and then I have another friend who's in Magical Map. Um, so yeah, one of one of those shows, I would probably be a cast member in one of those shows. And then they also get cool passes to go to Disneyland too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There, there are some, there are some perks when things are up and running as they should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, so I would like to ask you more, a little bit more about where you're at in life now. Maybe, um, you'd mentioned some uh, projects and things that you'd been working on. And I was wondering if you'd share a little bit about that with us. Okay. Well, the last, um, on camera project that I worked on was, um, they rebooted, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, production company rebooted Perry Mason on mm -hmm. HBO. And so I um, landed a role on episode five. So you can catch that on HBO Max or HBO. Um, cool. And then behind the scenes uh, with the documentary company you mentioned, 412 Studios, um, we're in the process of being in post-production for um, a show called um, What's Your Dream? And it'll either be a series or a film. We're not sure yet. It just depends on... Um, the cast members and watching the dailies, watching the footage and stuff. Um, but it's pretty much people who are like in the middle of the road, who've always had a dream and are kind of sitting on it because life happens and you have kids and you get that job that's paying the rent and paying, putting food in mouths and putting the dream aside. And then there's some people who are on the path, but like at a standstill with it or, or, or need some kind of redirection. And so we kind of guide them through, you know, their dreams as a kid and are they doing the same thing that that big, you know, mm -hmm. big dreamers as kids. Sure. Um, are you still are you still following those big dreams or do you now think they're unattainable or are you like shrinking your dreams because of adulting? Um, right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, some pretty, pretty cool footage so far. Um, people having some breakthroughs and a lot of crying um, and realizations. So yeah. And we we also um, highlight a few dreamers like Walt Disney, um, mm -hmm. like Oprah, like and how they'd all come from adversity and, mm -hmm. and followed their dreams despite having all these obstacles thrown in their face. So yeah. And, and I love, as I was telling you last week, I love that idea because I think there's something very uh, basic and pure uh, and, and I would say even not so innocent, but just something that's really focused about the dreams that children have. It's like, you know, that question you ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? They're not thinking, well, you know, if I have a family, I can do this, this, and this, and I have to move here right. and I have to have this degree and this experience and get this internship and blah, 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 blah. You know, they're not yeah. thinking all that. They're just thinking about who they want to be, where they you know want to get the most joy out of life. Um, mm -hmm. and they're, they're answering that question purely. So, uh, I'm, I'm really, uh, excited to hear more, uh, about that. And in fact, the, uh, conference event that I'm leaving to go to in Orlando, um, tomorrow morning, I'm taking a red eye in, oh gosh, it leaves in probably about nine hours. Um, so I'll get on this plane to go down there. I'm going to be around a bunch of those dreamers and doers and people that have been through the fire and people that are just getting started anywhere from people that are uh, wanting to start a nonprofit um, to, you know, ministers to want to work with other, you know, pastors and ministers that have, you know, had a rough time, rough go of it to uh, folks that work with large major corporations. Um, 
to people that are in mar- I mean, it's, it's a, it's a hodgepodge of different people and there's an intentional reason why we have those experiences um, yeah. down at Walt Disney world, because of all the different things we can see. And we're going to be kind of led and coached by um, a Disney imagine former Disney Imagineer that had the chance to work with Mel Brooks under Michael Eisner and Marty Sklar and, um, mm-hmm. and several others. And anyway, so um, looking forward to that, looking forward to the content that you're going to have out. And uh, I may want to connect you with the guys in charge of this conference, because I think that y'all would have a really great conversation um, oh, yeah. and, and potentially could, could benefit from chatting with each other. Um, but this is a travel show. Uh, occasionally we will venture off and interview some wonderful guests like yourself. Um, but most of the time, like last week we did it, we did a travel sort of travel basics, uh, part of our travel basic series. Um, but to wrap it up tonight, because this is travel tips Tuesday, um, I would like to ask you, is there any one piece of travel advice, no, knowing all the things going on in the world today, uh, where we've come, maybe hopefully where we hope to go in the future, um, in, in the travel industry, is there one piece of travel advice that you think people should take? Well, when I was a little girl, I was the queen of leaving stuff at home. <laughs> my mom would have to go run back home to get something. I'd have a show and I'm like, oh, I left my tap shoes. Or So that stuck with me. And so one of my travel tips is don't pack last minute. Mm. <laughs> I tend to, I'm, I mean, I probably I'm a little too prepared, but I tend to pack maybe like a week before or <laughs> like um, way in advance. Um, and I make a checklist because um, once you're gone, you're gone. And especially with me having type one diabetes, just making right. sure I have all those different kind of medicines and sure. everything, especially if you're going internationally and, mm-hmm. you know, or somewhere where you're not sure about what the medicine is there, if you got to go to their pharmacy or their doctor. Right. Um, so packing kind of early really helps me not not forget things and to be prepared so I can just oh, enjoy the trip. <laughs> yeah, I completely understand the um, the the medical side of it. My father's a physician, and I've been on a few uh, medical relief and medical mission trips with him. And having to be abroad and find the the medications you need. You know, in some cases, we've been able to bring some in, but there are some things where we've had to get last second in country, and it can be a challenge to know, you know, is is what you're getting, what's actually on the label, and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but and and also, I'm not a list maker. My wife is. My mom was. She's the kind of person that probably already has um, the Thanksgiving place settings out like now. Um, <laughs> And, you know, my wife has a list she goes back to for every trip, you know, that we take, you know, as I said, Mm -hmm. I'm leaving to go to Florida in nine hours, haven't packed yet, don't have a list. (laughs) So hopefully I'll, hopefully I'll remember everything. So don't, don't listen to me, listen to, listen to our, listen to our wonderful guest tonight. Um, But thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight. Um, I dropped your Instagram handle in, uh, in the comments. Um, but I'll, I'll, you know, leave you with, you know, any last words, anything else that you would like to say tonight before we wrap up? Well, in the spirit of Disney and, and you being a person of faith, um, as we get older and adults, I would say to keep those God-sized dreams that you had when you were little and don't like dim your dreams because of circumstances. It's a great, great word. Um, absolutely love that. Well, thank you again so much for taking some time out of your uh, busy, busy schedule and busy life. 
And uh, thank you for sharing some of your experience with us um, and inspiring us um, in, in many ways. And I'm sure we'll hear uh, some more comments down the road. So thank you to everybody that's joined us tonight uh, on Travel Tips Tuesday. Uh, we'll hope to see you next week for another really fun episode. And we'll see you real soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to Travel Tips Tuesday. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you then.